0: Hey, John. Uh-huh? What do F9 and Black Widow have in common?
1: Oh, gosh. Um. Well, uh, they're both uh, uh, recently number one at the box office. They're both... Uh, the latest film in a long-running fran- uh, Franchise um, uh, Well, they're both uh, Films about family, specifically A found family In the world of espionage um, Both franchises Feature uh, Vin Diesel Playing a talking tree um, Both franchises had Video games come out in the past year That were very hyped, but were both Critically uh, disappointments um, Both have theme park Rides that open in the past Past year um, and uh, I watched them both recently.
0: Oh, I, I just meant like that we're gonna talk about both of them right now. Okay, loser. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hi! Hi, time travelers! Our time machine got broke, and so uh, uh, we didn't do an episode for a month.
0: Oh, man, my excuse was going to be that we actually did a bunch of episodes in Russian in the meantime, in an alternate universe where there's a version of Box Office Time Machine
1: that is...
0: It's called Red Box Office Time Machine.
1: (laughs) Okay, you know what? Uh, Let's go with your thing. Oh I just thought of another thing that the movies have in common They both have plots involving They both are franchises that have Plots involving a a, a main good guy Being brainwashed
0: Mm Hmm Interesting
1: (laughs) Alright Hello everybody I'm John Burchad I'm Veronica Irovsky And we're Rusty (laughs) Um, Oh yeah that's the reason (laughs) Uh uh yes uh due to vacations a covid scare and general laziness uh, this is our first episode in a while but because of that we're coming at you with a double feature the last Ooh. two number one movies at the box office both of which we saw the big action summer extravaganzas of 2021 the latest movie in the fast and the furious franchise f9 not the button on Yay. the keyboard. The movie, and also the latest Marvel motion picture, Black Widow.
0: Also, not the keyboard.
1: No, Key. I. You, you, you have a black button, a uh, Black Widow button on your keyboard.
0: Oh, of course, do you not?
1: What does what it? What does it do when you press it?
0: Uh, it makes everything read out loud in a lousy Russian accent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh can you uh, uh can you press something now uh press it on uh that amazing script for our amazing opening
0: all right okay i just did it click hey john <laughs> what is in common with f uh david and uh Widow?
1: <laughs> escape button escape button stop <laughs> what
0: you can't even like do
1: that. oh was i gonna try to do that whole thing you're supposed
0: okay. to do that in an accent.
1: This is okay. Um. Oh, I don't know, Veronica. Is it <laughs> oh, Moose <God>. and Squirrel?
0: <laughs> you sound like uh, Kermit the Frog and the Muppets. Oh, Most, Muppets wanted. Most wanted.
1: What? What's his yeah. uh, uh, Constantine or something?
0: Constantine. Yes. Is that
1: a thing? Yes. That is. That was me. You know what? It's a uh, uh, Don't look at the credits of that movie. I was the puppeteer in that film. I did the voice of that character. Don't look it up. That's definitely me. Um, so uh, uh, let's jump into it. Let's start things off. F9.
0: Vroom, vroom.
1: Vroom, vroom. Um, Veronica, you have a much longer history with the Fast and the Furious franchise than I do. Uh,
0: yeah, I love the movies. Um I've seen them all, except for, I realized, Tokyo Drift, which is now greatly to my detriment, because any time, like, Justin Lin returns to the franchise, he, like, retro-cons it to, like, have even more importance within the history of the franchise. It's very much the Thor 2
1: of this uh, franchise, the way the recent Marvel movies keep calling back Thor 2, the MCU movie no one watched, no one liked. Uh, um, yeah. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> so I have that referenced. same
0: experience there because <laughs> uh, I have not seen that Thor movie either. But yeah, so I, I mean, I think F5, or the Fast Five rather, is the best one for sure. But I, I enjoyed the whole run since Fast and Furious for sure uh, quite a bit. Uh, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw that we have seen before, I feel like is not a great representation of what the franchise is, but I mean, it was fine. Uh, But this I felt was like really, really enjoyable and entertaining.
1: Yeah, I have had a different experience. The Fast and the Furious movies (laughs) I've seen are the first one (laughs) and Hobbs and Shaw. And I didn't think either of those movies were very good.
0: I mean, the first one is quite good, but like I mean, it's to fine. It- I
1: don't remember. Let's see, in two thousand one, I, I I wasn't like I didn't go home. Like, if I I fought with someone, if there was a playground debate over what was cooler, Fast and the Furious <laughs> and Gone in sixty seconds, I'd probably say Fast and the Furious, but I would not be particularly passionate about it. Nor was I hanging out on the playground in two thousand one. I I wish I was that young.
0: Wow. Uh, no, I. But I would also say that like. Saying that you know what the franchise is based on watching The Fast and the Furious, the first movie is kind of weird now because the franchise has moved so far away from that movie, which was basically Point Break, to just like crazy car hijinks with your family.
1: Yeah, they stole <laughs> so few DVD players in this movie. But no, I I mean, I would heard, I'd seen, I will say I've seen like, the tank sequence from uh, Fast Five. And I was like, oh, this is fun. And I I, I kept yeah. thinking, I should give these a try. So why, that's why I was excited to see Hobbs and Shaw last year or two years ago or whenever. And I was pretty disappointed. Check out that episode if you want. But, um... But I, I'd heard how much, oh, they're basically super, super spies now. I didn't realize how serious that was until five minutes into this movie when Tyrese pulls out a gun and shoots a ton of people. And I was like, (laughs) oh, wow. Okay, yeah, they're they're literally spies. But I'll say this. (laughs) I actually had a really good time with this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think like this is a good well, I feel like as I mentioned earlier, there are better movies that are versions of this movie, and it's always basically the same movie. Uh I feel like this is a pretty solid representation of what, you know, the fast franchise is.
1: Yeah, I I think it's something... like I, I we've talked about this in, in other episodes about um I don't know, like, uh, just a movie being, like, in the Quiet Place episode, just a movie just being what it is and knowing what it is. And this is a movie that is possibly one of the stupidest films I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But I don't think, barring Vin Diesel, (laughs) not including (laughs) Vin Diesel, I don't think there's anyone involved in the film who doesn't know that and isn't fully engaged in making it fun. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Like this movie wa- Every scene Was stupid in a new way And that <laughs> is and I, I don't mean that as an insult That takes work There was something yeah. Delightfully insane Every scene the, every Every scene Not since the movie Cats Has a movie <laughs> more featured Just scene after scene Of a new character Walking on Introducing themselves And leaving
0: Yeah. And also, yeah, they're so distinct, too. So, like, while, yes, they have the overall, you know, connection of usually taking place in cars, but I feel like all the set pieces were fairly distinct. You know, there was space, there was jungle, there was poor street in Georgia. There was, like, all this stuff, and it always seemed... Like engaging and creative and fun. I love the magnets. The magnets were my favorite part about this whole thing. That was like a nice thing. I feel like another thing about this franchise that I love is that their jokes are very lame. <laughs> like <laughs> <I feel> like. <laughs> To be honest, like there's never a time when I intentionally laugh at during like the Fast and Furious movies. I think like Tyrese Gibson, in my opinion, is very bad at delivering jokes. <laughs> But, like, they they keep giving him jokes, and that in itself is very amusing to me.
1: The comic relief scenes, which are always Tyrese uh, uh, Ludacris and um, the woman from Game Chris of Thrones. Ludacris
0: Christopherson. Uh, uh,
1: Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Ludacris no, Christopher. it was
0: like a, it was a
1: joke. Um, I'm sorry. What is the name of the actors from Game of Thrones? Uh, Natalie Emmanuel. Um All of their uh, comic relief scenes are so dumb. The jokes yeah, are they're
0: ridiculous.
1: But but the jokes are weird in a way like they're not funny but they're just no. there's a running comic relief bit in this movie where it appears that Tyrese he has a pulp fiction moment where a bunch of people shoot at him and he doesn't die. But instead of quitting the way Samuel L. Jackson does in that movie, uh, spoilers for Pulp Fiction, I'm very sorry, um, <laughs> uh, Tyrese appears to have a moment of existential awareness and become aware. It, it's definitely supposed to be that he thinks he's a superhero, but it's much more plays that he seems to realize he's in a movie and it becomes this bizarre medicine where he's like, guys, we never die. We should have died by now. It's it's not in any way funny, but I, I found it fascinating. And again, that makes me sound like I'm like, like I'm not, <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm like, I uh, feel like I'm above this movie. No, it was just like, it was delightfully surprising.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's full of moments like that. I mean, whenever he tries to deliver a joke, something about it doesn't land. Even if like all the ingredients are there like this in, in this case uh, yeah it was kind of just an odd observation that they didn't really go with anywhere i guess it's sort of the motivation at the end of the movie for him to like ram the car into they had a the callback there uh but i mean yeah there's not it's not entirely played as a joke but like something about the way that he delivers it is the way that he would deliver a joke yeah it's it's weird, but that's kind of why I like it. <laughs> yeah, like
1: if you, you can see if they really did push it into full. I mean, I bet they consider it comedy, but like, like I bet Tyrese is going for comedy. But like, if they oh, push it sure. into like a real, like fully developed comedic script, if they really played this this premise of a character thinking he's in a movie, uh, and if you're in the eighth sequel, why not? You can see how it would have been a scene. <laughs> where, like, uh, it would have been a whole storyline where he's like, I think I'm in a movie. I think, oh, my God, I think none of this is real. And, like, uh, characters are trying to talk him down. And then they finally, he's like... You're right. You're right. I'm being crazy. This is is real life. This is everything's real. And then, like uh, a ludicrous would walk on and be like, "Hey, buddy, we're going to space." Um, like you could see how that joke would have been set up and play played off, and it wouldn't have been nearly as fascinating as this bizarre semi joke is, because it never <laughs> the fact that it has and it's always playing like music like boom 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 like in their scenes (laughs) like but i okay i'll give you an example this movie has maybe the dumbest plot point i've ever like ever seen ever (laughs) it is about their bringing back the character of han who died in the movie Tokyo Drift, bringing him back. The fact that they bring him back, the fact that the way they bring him back is by making it uh, uh, apparent that he was already a super spy, even in that movie when he was hanging out with teenagers. Um, That's not the stupidest part. The stupidest part is when they go to Tokyo because... They have found <laughs> that in a picture of Kurt – a video of Kurt Russell being kidnapped, someone is wearing a necklace that looks like something that's on a postcard that Han – No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. I, I went so, to the
1: bathroom during that scene, so I am a little confused about why – what the postcard thing was. So
0: the necklace that you see is the necklace that uh, – uh,
1: That uh, Chris uh, – Chris That Jacob has. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that john cena has so that's one piece which is why like vin diesel goes off to meet up with him right but uh it also it's like even sillier. the the video is uh intentionally embedded with a location code <laughs> uh and, and oh, it's that the is the place from
1: the the postcard
0: that no it's just for tokyo and then they go to tokyo and they are like, they're like, this is useless. And oh, this they, is the part. Yeah. Know. That's yeah. the part. And then that they I... like look at the postcard. They just sit in some random, seemingly random ramen restaurant. It's not like this is the coordinate of where we should be. And then they look up at the postcard and they're like, the postcard is in Mexico. Then they look up at the window and it's like, Uh uh-oh, it's a Mexican flag.
1: It must be what we're looking for. It's not even just the postcard. It's it's stupider than that. The postcard was how they got some, like how they figured, there was something that connected to Han to begin with, and that involved the postcard, because the postcard that he sent the day he died. Yeah, it's a postcard
0: that he sent, yeah.
1: Yes. So when they're in Tokyo, and they think they're looking for someone connected to Han, uh michelle rodriguez looks up this is after like you said they've been like oh we can't find him she looks up and she goes son of a bitch and um (laughs) uh uh, what's her name Um, uh uh jordana Uh, brewster jordana brewster's like what's up and she's like hey you remember how han always used to say that to him that uh that to old cowboys, Mexico re- represented freedom because that's where you go, where you're wanted by the law. And that to him, <coughs> Tokyo was his Mexico. And Jordana <laughs> Brewster is like, of course, of course I remember that insane he says thing. says that all
0: the time.
1: Yeah. And then Michelle Rodriguez goes, well, look over there. And she points up in the window and there is a Mexican flag. And I guess, like you said, they just assume that, There would be no other reason in the world for someone in Japan to have a Mexican flag. Clearly, there's no Mexican expatriate who lives in uh, Tokyo. Just no reason. Someone who just likes green, white and red. There's just no reason whatsoever. And that therefore they must break into that apartment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so many coincidences like that in these movies where you just happen to be in the right place at the right time.
1: But I just uh, didn't yeah. care. I did not care. It yeah, just no, made yeah, me exactly. laugh. It's a difference between, you know, like like when we were doing A Quiet Place 2 and everything about that movie is like, take me seriously. I'm a serious movie. Take me seriously. So then when something happens where you're like, Wait, why didn't the aliens come for that sound? Like, it does hurt the enjoyment, but this movie is just like, hey guys, we're all hanging out and having a good time. So when yeah, something exactly. like that happens, you just laugh because you know it's stupid, but it's just going to move us to the next scene. And it's just fat. Oh, Cardi B's here for no reason. She's yeah. a spy as well. Okay.
0: I mean, my favorite part was when – so they're in the the super secret underground lair that also, I guess, happens to be the place where John Cena used to live in. Yep, sure. Uh, And uh, (laughs) then so – uh they uh they're trying to escape from the henchmen and they escape into like some silo pod and vin diesel is the last one left and he's like fending off like 50 people on his own (laughs) like with his humane strength uh and then uh and then he falls he like uh grabs a bunch of chains that hold the bridge together and he falls down and oh no and then he pulls the whole structure <laughs> together with him and he falls down the whole bridge collapses he's in the water and then proceeds to have like a near death experience where he like revisits his childhood <laughs> like <laughs> selected scenes from his childhood and then in the next scene you're like I mean they couldn't have killed Vin Diesel. So the, that was not the concern ever. But, like, the next scene, there's not even, like, a scare or anything. He just wakes up in a cot, and he coughs a little bit. And is like, okay, I'm okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, whenever, I, whenever like, I need to realize how I wronged my brother in the past, I do have a near-death experience. And, I will, you know, yeah. well, we complain a lot about Hobbes and Shaw. So there's the famous story about the crazy behind-the-scenes of these movies where these uh meathead egotistical stars refuse to ever be shown to like be hurt or lose a fight ever and they have to have equal amounts of punches against each other right and yes vin diesel <laughs> Never really gets hurt. Insane things happen to him. The world revolves around him. Literally, he's revealed to have a secret brother who's trying to take over the world. Like a straight-up James Bond villain. Take over the world. And then they just forgive him at the end. But whatever. Um, Because family. But I will say, while he never gets hurt, the major plot point in this movie is that Dom was wrong in the past. That Dom... Fucked up. And I like it sounds crazy, but I appreciate it. After watching Hobbs and Shaw, where neither character could ever be wrong about anything. Like I (sighs) did genuinely like it sounds like such a low bar, but I really did enjoy (laughs) that Dom was allowed to be fallible.
0: Well, he's only allowed to be fallible to the extent that he then gets to be the bigger man. Oh, uh, good point. <laughs> you, know, you know, allow John Cena flip a giant semi with him, <laughs> which was great. I mean, that was like their homage to that scene in The Dark Knight yeah. where the Joker flips the car.
1: Yeah, only, uh, oh, you think that truck was cool? This truck is half a mile long. <laughs> this is yeah, a truck I- that is also a train.
0: Also, like, there are, like, tiny things that I really liked uh, about this, like, about how cartoony everything Mm -hmm. was, like, the guy, like, there's an even bigger guy than John Cena, who's, like, the personal bodyguard of, like, the guy who's bankrolling the whole thing, which I guess is just, like, a diplomat's son, yeah, uh, or something, it's not clear what country he's from, he's, like, loosely... Nordic, but who knows? I think let me, uh, let me
1: double check. I think that character was also in uh the Zack Snyder movie that just came, the zombie movie that wasn't very good. Uh, uh, I think um, the actor is Danish,
0: but I'm not I don't know that they actually said where the character Oh, oh, were.
1: I am so sorry. I uh I do not think that's the same guy. Wow. They're Why identical. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. How is
1: that They're possible? Those are not the same guy. I apologize to you two actors, please. Everyone, look up pictures of both of those men and tell get me. I get the
0: people their names at least something uh, to go. I'm trying to find.
1: I'm trying to find the other guy. Um. Uh. I. I'm sorry because I do not remember the character names of the characters in Army of the Dead. So I'm looking at this trying to figure out. Oh, Dieter. Yeah, they're different Dieter. guys. Matthias Swigler. So okay, look, I just saw a movie with this guy. It's not crazy that I thought those were the same guys. I'm showing Veronica a picture.
0: Yeah. Well, the other guy is Thue Ersted Rasmussen.
1: I from apologize. Alborn, Denmark. I'm very sorry to Matthias Swilver. Uh, uh and other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and other guy.
0: Uh, but yeah, so he has, like, a hench dude. And the the moment we find out that John Cena has been uh, double-crossed, uh, like, the henchman gets sent to the top of the semi-truck to fight John Cena. And then there's a scene where, where there's a shot where, like, uh, a billboard is coming up. So, like... <laughs> and then... <laughs> And the billboard just straight up, like, that guy just goes through the billboard and leaves, like, a Looney Tunes-shaped, like, hole in it. And it was so silly.
1: It's funny. I
0: love it. Like, there are all these touches that are so fun.
1: That's creative. If you're in a crazy world where that's the reality, yeah, you can do that. Yes, you can have them go to space. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I and, like. I love how they inflated. They like called up. Like these things are gonna inflate, and then the next shot, they're like all their suits are like puffy and stuff. <laughs> it was very cute. It was like low tech, because like I think when that was teased. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, at first it was a joke. What are they going to do next? Go to space. And then they go to space, which is the thing this movie does. Uh, But I never envisioned it like that. I liked how lo-fi it was. Mm -hmm. That it was all just like, you know, like rejected, like, cosmonaut, like, outfits. And like some... I thought thought it
1: was just, I think they were just scuba suits.
0: Yeah, they might have been. But like, it (laughs) looks like so it's so old like with duct tape it's a they did miss an opportunity to mention that like there was a lot of duct tape when they went to space with Apollo 11 actually so duct tape is helpful uh but yeah and it was like again like they brought back a bunch of dudes from like Tokyo Drift
1: mm-hmm. Bow Wow uh, Bow Wow is back
0: yeah Bow Wow is back Bow Wow was in the second movie I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's in up uh, more than one but yeah, like, that crew, I was like, who are you? And also, I did not recognize Bow Wow first. And he's not credited as Bow Wow. He's credited as his real name because he's an adult now. <laughs> so uh, uh, so I, I had to actually, like, dig into it. And I was like, okay, this guy's filmography includes Like Mike. And I like call <laughs> these things. So I think he's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, his name is Shad Moss. Um, well, you know who else yeah. was
1: in, like, Mike? Matthias uh, Schweigholov.
0: <laughs> no, it was actually Thua <laughs> Sophie Rasmussen. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, I'm so happy that uh, you enjoyed this. For some reason, I have, like, a personal investment in people liking the Fast and Furious franchise.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it it. it, it, it I'm not going to run out to watch it again. I will say, like, at the end of the day, these are cartoon Mission Impossible movies, and I would rather yeah. watch a Mission Impossible movie. Um, I'd rather see <laughs> lunatic Tom Cruise actually flip a truck <laughs> than um, them do the cartoon version with all CG.
0: But it wasn't all CG. I, they no, they no, have a I ton of they, practical effects
1: in there. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the special effects look great. It's... it's um. I'd rather a foot remain. I I think it's less the visual effect and more. I'd rather a foot remain in um uh the laws of physics. One foot still in mm-hmm. our our realm. But that being said, I had a very fun time. Um, yes. Uh which is not exactly how i feel about our next movie which is a good time for a segue but we haven't finished our grading of Fast of the Furious do you have anything how would you rank this in the the Fast franchise
0: um so i i really, so i would say 5 6 and 7 are probably tops for me uh and i think that is probably like Under there, around there. I did not like Fast 8 as much, or Fate of the Furious. Um, And I think it has the same problem this movie has, which is they're not allowing fucking Shirley Theron to drive a car. (laughs) Which is insane. (laughs) Wait, she never drove a car
1: in that movie either?
0: She drove, I think she drove the submarine briefly. But I think mostly she just sits around like computer screens. That's like her thing. Uh... And it's very annoying to me because that is the reason why you get her. That is the reason why they got her because they got her right after Mad Max Fury Road came out. So like, yeah, I truly don't know. I mean, she was there for maybe two days if we're being generous on the set. Uh And she has like more of like a weird... Hannibal Lecter role a little bit in the beginning she's like being held in like this sort of like (laughs) plexiglass container anytime I
1: see those I think Magneto
0: oh really I think Hannibal Lecter but yeah (laughs) it's sort of like I think, and that hair, I mean, that woman is gorgeous, but that haircut they gave her, like, even she could barely pull it's it off. It's bizarre. I feel like this movie just doesn't like Shirley Saron, and it's very weird to me.
1: Well, I think it's a little bit that and a little bit, I think she was on set for max five minutes. Um, yeah. But, uh, so I can't rank this um, uh, against the other Fast and the Furious movies because I haven't seen them, um, but I will rank it compared to an, uh, uh, a... The only other like ninth in a franchise that I can think of that I saw, which would be Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, <laughs> and that movie's terrible. So,
0: it's Fast better nine, than that. Number
1: one. <laughs> um, All right. Well, do you
0: want to give a letter grade?
1: <laughs> Let's give it a letter grade. Oh God, how do you even grade something like this? I mean, I gave I, 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 I gave well, it a letter box grade. Uh, on a curve. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. You review something based on what it's trying to be. And on behalf of that, I have a grade. All right, you ready? All right. Three, All right. Three, two, two, one. One. B. Plus. Okay. Right, pretty close. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. B for Black Widow.
0: No, that's not it. We should do something Soviet, so it should be like a chorus. Or we should do a weird cover of Nirvana. With a lot of dress. I hate that. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I just say that? I overall enjoyed the movie, spoiler alert, but I, I I feel like I mean I'm sure it predates the social network creep yeah. uh thing. Like that they've done that before, but I feel like since that happened, like there are all these like slowed down versions of alternative rock songs and I truly detest it
1: well since we know we've already teased that you like this movie more than I like this movie now you're saying you hated something from the beginning of the movie let's do a full professional wrestling thing where one person whoever starts on top and whoever's losing they switch places midway through so I'm gonna start by saying I
0: I did not understand that reference
1: but okay (laughs) I was like, eventually, (laughs) we're going to end this match with you liking the movie and me not liking it. So right now, you hated the opening credits. I'm going to say, or at least you hated that song. I'm going to say that uh, I loved the prologue of this movie, and I think that first, like, eight minutes or whatever is one of the best uh, Marvel things I've seen in the past few years. I loved it quite a bit. Um, And if I had stopped watching at that point, I would have had a great night out at the theaters.
0: You would have been like, "Okay, so this is a higher budget version of The Americans. Well,
1: it was. I mean, (laughs) yes, it was. Look, I know The Americans is one of the greatest TV shows of the past 20 years. I know that I would love it. I have not found the time to watch. I've watched the first half of the first season. One of these days.
0: One of these days.
1: Carrie, Matt. One of these days, I promise, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, yeah, our
0: our listeners carrying our, our that. Our listeners.
1: <laughs> um, that being said, uh, so so this was a great little like uh, uh, way open. for me to watch the Americans without watching the Americans. Um, but true. no, a I-
0: Cold War open. Ooh. <laughs>
1: I hope they told that joke on set. Even though the Cold War is long over, this is 1995.
0: Well, okay. So can I? Can we enter like into the thing that I find the most weird about this movie? But I feel like international relations. No, Uh, it's the ages of the people. Okay,
1: please.
0: (laughs) So I feel like, and this is just a problem. I guess because, like, a lot of the Marvel comics, and I'm sure DC Comics, have, like, their origins or their superhero origins in actual wars. They either keep, like, retconning origins. So, like, I think, like, Iron Man first was, like, Vietnam, and then he, like, was in Afghanistan or whatever. And so, like, this... Having forever
1: wars in America really helps the comics industry because you don't have to change the war.
0: But this (laughs) one is so closely tied for some reason, and they didn't need to do this, but maybe they did. I guess I don't really, I don't read the comics, but it's Mm. interesting that they still use it as a a thing, as a crutch. Uh, Is that, like, if this woman was in her teens (laughs) in the eighties. Like, how old is she now? Like, where are we? How old is anyone? Like David Harbour's character isn't like in his sixties and his seventies. Like if you are like, start, I mean, this is not like a big deal. It's more of a thing that I thought of after the fact, but it is very confusing. If you are anchoring your movie in a real life event in a specific time and place you kind of and then you don't really address the fact that everyone is way younger than they would most generously have to be like for this movie to make any sense it's yeah it's kind of odd I don't know that's kind of like a weird it's like
1: it's it's David Harbour's character the Red Guardian you can kind of get around it because presumably he's gotten some ver the Soviet version of the Uh, super soldier serum so he may actually be much older like he like because you know it makes you age uh uh, slower like for all we know he's 90 years old in these scenes um rachel vice rachel vice has a weird thing so in the flashback and in the present (laughs) day david harbour from stranger things and rachel vice from all the good movies rachel vice is in um she (laughs) is the favorite. Sure, we'll start Rachel there.
0: Rachel Vice Productions. <laughs>
1: um, uh, sh- they are the parents of uh, the fake, well, it starts seemingly real, the parents of the two children who will become one of whom, by the way, uh, the, the young black widow, that's um, Mila Jovovich. And yeah, that's her daughter. daughter yeah. That's um, why
0: she has a decent Russian <laughs> <like> <laughs> pronunciation when she actually speaks Russian.
1: Um. Well, it's uh, they're the parents of them and the, the character who will become uh, Florence Pugh's character. Uh, but Rachel, Veit, it's that weird thing where like when a character is playing like a younger version of themselves and it's like, I saw movies in the 90s. I know it, Rachel. Like, they're like. <laughs> How old was Rachel Weiss supposed to be as, like, the mom? Because in 1999, when she was in The Mummy four years after this, she seemed too young to be a mother to those teenagers, even as a fake identity. But whatever, Never. you know? It's not as bad as... I was watching a video and someone pointed out that in Iron Man 3, um, uh, what's her name? Rebecca Hall uh, is in the 1999 flashback, and then her character comes back in uh the the present day scenes but in reality mm-hmm. rebecca she's like um a, a scientist in 1999 but in reality rebecca hall the actress was 17 years old then right um, yeah but yeah shockingly rebecca hall not the same age as robert downey jr i know the movie wants what? you to think that but not actually the case anyway um yeah. uh, that's a totally different marvel movie um but a
0: great one i will <laughs>
1: say. I I liked iron man 3 more than this but yeah no i <laughs> So my my problem with, with uh, this movie overall, and it's been a problem that I've had with a, f- a few recent Marvel things, especially the TV shows. And uh, so Loki just ended um, the first season. Um, and then, I, so I've watched uh, WandaVision. I watched Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldiers and Loki. And I'm, I'm not going to get into those. That's not what this episode's about. But in general, I had a similar problem with all of them, where they have... Uh, and I like them on different levels. Like I like Loki the most out of the three. Um, and for the most part, I liked it quite a bit. But they all okay. set up a really great premise and really interesting character arcs. And then they just kind of forget them for the rest of the story. And then at the end, they go, "Well, we sure wrapped up that character arc. And it's like, did you? I don't like
0: <laughs> I know
1: you're telling me you did, but I don't know that you've referenced it since the first episode. And it's to me, this this movie has the same thing, where it starts with this great prologue and this great fu- interesting idea about the fact that this family is not real. They're, they're more co-workers than they are a right. family. Um, but to the children, that's not really what it feels like, especially to the younger daughter. And Black Widow, this is partly why she doesn't isn't good at trusting people. And the way they slotted this movie in after Civil War, the idea, and as they sell it at the end of the movie, is that this story is what inspires her to put the Avengers back together again as we see them at the beginning of Infinity War. She's going to go help break out the people who got arrested. Great. But then I don't (laughs) think the middle section of the movie was at all about that what no. marvel the what mar the best marvel movies especially at the beginning were they were these great character stories and then as a little icing on top they were good at advertising what was coming in the future in the marvel movies doing teasers and to me a lot of these recent entries are much better at the promising cool stuff in the future than they are at just telling a full entertaining story to me I just didn't think this was a good Black Widow story. And since for all intents and purposes, this is the only chance we'll get. I mean, who, you know, if she wants to, they'll do another one. Uh, she's back. <laughs> um, and now they got the multiverse shit. You know, uh, there's ways. But let's let's for now, let's play along and say it's the last Black Widow movie at least with Scarlett uh, Johansson in the character. Yeah,
0: one for the latest. We got one.
1: (laughs) It's uh, uh, (laughs) Natasha Romanov, She's done. We finally, after Ike Sproulmutter or whatever, the the guy who used to run Marvel Films, who's uh, one of Trump's friends and who didn't believe that uh, women or non-white characters could lead movies. He's no longer in charge. That is the story. That's why she never got a movie.
0: Who is this man?
1: (laughs) Um... So he uh used to be in charge of Marvel films before they put um uh let me look up his full name. Um
0: So I thought Kevin Feige or whatever no, was No, so Kevin the Feige guy was below him. Uh oh,
1: um, I thought for a he while. was the guy. For a while. This guy had um. final say. Ike Oh my god, Spurl Come Ike on, Google, Google help me out cuz I know I get I Isaac Perlmutter. Sorry. Apologies to Isaac Perlmutter, who apparently is a very bad guy. Um,
0: And also maybe a listener of this podcast, along with Carrie and Matthew. Sorry, (laughs) sorry,
1: listeners. Sorry. Um, Well, so he's... uh, uh, He was... um, He's the chairman and CEO emeritus... Emeritus? Of Marvel Entertainment. (laughs) and Emeritus. And um, uh, he also was um also like just for fun he's also a, a good friend and advisor to Donald Trump um but yeah no he Lord famously knows
0: he needs advisors
1: he famously did not believe that um a woman or a non-white uh, uh character could lead a marvel movie he thought they would wow. be uh, money losers overseas cool so he was the reason there <laughs> wasn't a um wasn't a black widow movie all those years there might have been other reasons but he was the number one reason eventually Mar he still has his title, but uh like Disney kind of pushed him aside. Kevin feige makes all the, all the decisions now, or at least he's the mm-hmm. main decision guy um but long story short, we finally get this black widow movie and Look, we knew that it was going to be at least half a commercial for Florence Pugh's character, because that's what they do. They, they, especially right now as they're transitioning out the old characters and trying to, in the background, transition in the new characters, that that they're introducing them. This is a story about the old person. By the way, isn't this young person really cool? Like, that's yeah. what we're, they're doing. And I yeah. thought they were very successful. Florence Pugh was great. But I just wish... Yeah. I just don't think this was a good Natasha story. And I've been following this character now for, you know, 20 years, 20 years, mm. 12 years, 13 years. <laughs> what, Iron Man 2, whatever the fuck it's that was. Been so long. Um, I just, I just wish I got a, what, what did you think? You liked him more than I did
0: yeah i i didn't really i thought it was a decent story for her i don't know that so i like this all the stuff with the family i Mm -hmm. thought was really good uh and like all the character stuff i actually did like i'd be curious to hear what you think about the story for her not working i thought like her actual emotional arc was pretty solid I, the the actual plot of the movie, though, like I don't care about this guy, mm-hmm. like this guy who like it's Ray
1: Winstone's character.
0: Yeah. So Ray Winstone, he's like, you know, this uber evil Russian mastermind who brainwashes these women to become fighting machines. And she has supposedly killed him before when uh, right before she uh, deserted to go uh, work for S.H.I.E.L.D., Uh, and then, like, it turns out she did not kill him. And so now she has to. And it's, like, I I don't get that as, like, a great motivation. Because, like, okay, if you don't know that he's alive based on, like, bad stuff happening. (laughs) So maybe, like, that's not really a big deal. Like, why is that the goal? So all that stuff wasn't... uh, But I liked all the stuff with her sister. I thought that was really good. And you know, her kind of facing up to her past, I kind of get, like, maybe why they brought up a character from her past to have it be that. Mm -hmm. But I also don't get, like, why they had to necessarily sandwich the plot of this movie where they did, like, that it had to have fit within, like, you know, like, between Civil War and Infinity War or whatever. Like, could it not have been just, like, a story of, like, her still being a badass spy for the Russians? I maybe that would have been a more interesting story cuz here it does feel like you said like they have to retcon it to fit between this existing narrative and they have to like have it some of the character beats be those that they might not have necessarily had if like they didn't need to fit it in there and it might have been a more interesting standalone story.
1: Yeah, I mean the the obvious choice would be do a movie set in I don't know whenever it'd be like two thousand seven or something, which actually fun you know right before you know they could watch the first Iron the news of the first Iron Man thing on on TV. I don't know when she's supposed to have defected. Um, yeah, I I get they have a flashback to that period. One flashback in this movie. I mean, um,
0: if we start digging into it, it would have to be in like the late 90s or something. I, cause, late like, 90s, the early 2000s. A, well, she
1: had, <laughs> she had a full career as a Soviet spy. So I have to presume yeah. it's in the 2000s. Anyway. Well,
0: she was a teenager in the 80s. So <laughs> at the very least, she was born in. Wait, no, 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 no. No,
1: the prologue of this movie is 1995.
0: Is it really? I thought yeah. it was supposed to be That's said why in they're the playing 80s. Nirvana. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, came out in 91.
1: Right, but they wouldn't have been uh, playing it in the 80s.
0: No, but, like, the whole, like, set of, like, there were no Soviet spies in Russia in, or from in the United States. What, in you so don't the think
1: 80s. the Soviet Union, a nation that no longer existed, was putting spies in America in 1995? no. no! <laughs> Well, it's it's. I mean, it's the whole thing. Oh, and speaking of like time thing, we talked about the time jump. Um, I forgot to mention this earlier. The one about the comics uh, origins having to be retconned. They're going to introduce Magneto soon. Magneto's entire backstory is the Holocaust. Right, How are they exactly. going to do that? But whatever. Um, I'm I'm genuinely curious. That's going to take some. It, there's no good answer. I don't know what they're going to do, and I'm curious. But. It's the way that, like, they've now removed Hydra, yes, was supposed to be Nazis, but now they've taken it away from Nazis in a way that I find a little offensive, but whatever, (laughs) just because it's like, oh, you know, Nazis were bad. There were these even worse guys. The Nazis were kitty cats. But uh, <laughs> but it, it's a se- similar thing where they can be like, oh, these were the, the Red Room or whatever. Was not really Soviets? They were worse than the Soviets and they were uh, s- separate. I'm <laughs> fine with that whole bullshit. But no, the prologue specifically
0: 1995. That makes no
1: sense. OK. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? But um,
0: what am I going to do? Uh,
1: but no, no. So the obvious choice would be to do a prologue of her defecting. And it's, it's right. you know, and you could have um uh uh you could have Jeremy Renner come back. You could see her go on a mission with Hawkeye, you know, both of them younger. See this friendship that they're always talking about, something that will retroactively make her death scene in Endgame, you know, more tragic because we know more about their relationship with each other. But then you don't get to introduce Florence Pugh. And since clearly that is that is their main, you know, macro macro plan is introducing the next cast of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They had to do this. And so well, s- what
0: they could have done is they could have done it even before she defected. So it's just mm. a story about the Red Guardian. It's like the whole perspective is flipped. Like, yeah. the heroes are, like, these... Red Guardian is, like, treated like Captain America. Like, that is his thing. Like, Florence Pugh is still there. She's younger. Uh, She, like, does her thing. She wants to be, like, the cool trainee, like, her uh, badass sister is. Right, but then and, you're like, making
1: your young Florence Pugh character very old.
0: <laughs> but she is! She is. That's the reality of it. Like, she's only five years younger.
1: If you said it then, she could have, like, done a Captain America and fallen in some ice. It would have been... You're right. It would have been fine.
0: I'm just saying, like, I mean, they were around when, like if like the David Harbour character once they got back so let's say like I don't know maybe like you don't even have them escaping from America I don't know that that actually like I mean it's a cool scene but I don't know that we need that but like what if it's just like this quote unquote family like goes on a thing and in the middle of that thing Black Widow finds out whatever it is that she finds out that makes her want to defect and then like she defects that's like the big thing the family is broken at the end of that like They, like, he gets sent to prison somehow. Her sister is left alone. Like, her whole thing shattered. And, you know, like, Black Widow goes. And it's got, it's a dark ending, but, like, I think it would be a more interesting one. Or, like, a more interesting plot where you still maintain the stuff that I truly did enjoy about this movie, which is, like, the family stuff. Like, all of those characters are still there, but you don't need to, like, retcon it to have it be, like the badass guy was actually badass previously. Like, so that's why we want him to be like uh, eliminated. So show that like, why let's just do I that. Think it's, I think <laughs> it's
1: just the simple answer that they, they wanted to introduce. A, a new young black widow. And so they needed the present day scenes to take place within the right. last five years. And unfortunately, so, so you, I, I agree. Cause everything you said, so this movie worked more for you than it did for me, but yeah. the, we agree exactly on which parts work and which parts don't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Cause it feels like, so if you just did a Black Widow story, a Black Widow story about her facing her past, because that's her thats her whole character. I used to do bad things. I'm trying to redeem myself. Uh, her character, the end to her character's story is her sacrificing himself, herself to help save half of the universe. You know, she's cleaned off her ledger. That's how her story ends. Um, mm-hmm. But it has to be shoehorn. They come up with this great family thing. And once you've come up with that family thing, and they come up with a clever way of how to connect, oh, this is a story about two families, and we learn this. This her actions with this family is going to inform her actions with her other family, the Avengers. That's how they're connecting this to the overall story, and it's clever, and it leads to that prologue that I loved, and this whole idea, this whole really interesting idea of is a family real? And this idea that the younger daughter did not even realize they were spies and thought thought literally these were her parents. And I find that stuff really great. And once you do that, once you have that story, don't also try to make it this story about... So my, my main example is, like the stuff that... So yeah, the Ray Winstone stuff did not work because they're also trying to do the whole Black Widow is a feminist hero and this movie's going to end with her basically defeating a fake Harvey Weinstein character and (laughs) she's going to turn off the mind control and all the women around the world are going to suddenly have the ability to stand up for themselves because Black Widow is a feminist hero. Great. Fine. But it does like they don't do enough to connect it to the family story. And like you have so you have the character of Taskmaster, this this is the stuff like these whose are like,
0: name is never mentioned i don't think they it's say the said taskmaster
1: program or something
0: <laughs> i call it robot lady Robot Lady,
1: <laughs> but sure for all intents and purposes robot lady uh <laughs> played by former bond girl olga uh, uh
0: yeah
1: she is un- unrecognizable and never gets to speak F- super fun role um, why cast No, her? she
0: says two lines. Oh, she says, is, is he, he dead? Yeah. And um, I think she says, like, help me or daddy or something when he, like, first reveals her or something like that. I think she says a thing.
1: Yeah, it's... But yeah. It's, the thing is, like, so my, my two small changes I would make, which are, I guess, not that small. That character <laughs> needs to go. That character <laughs> is so fucking irre- irrelevant. And this is when I talk about, like uh uh Natasha the story of Natasha getting confused what does that character represent in Natasha's story uh, character arc oh well she represents a bad thing a, a bad thing that Natasha did in her past a person that she let down that she has to make amends to she used this girl as collateral damage to kill this guy who she was getting revenge on great but we already have a character Of a younger woman Mm. who she betrayed in her past. You know, the main character, Florence (laughs) Pugh. So why the fuck do we have scenes where Scarlett Johansson is tearfully apologizing to this Nothing character who never (laughs) speaks in the movie when she should be apologizing to the sister that she never came say like the thing that she did bad, like we don't need to invent this murder of a little girl. She did a terrible thing. She was so broken hearted about having to go back and like and hated her her past and yada 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 that she never checked in and tried to save the little girl who was raised as her sister. That is understandable. It's a great character backstory. It's understandable, but also terrible. I would compare it to Dominic Toretto, uh, uh, letting his younger brother go because he blames him for their father's death. It's <laughs> fast. Nine did it better. <laughs> like, yeah, uh,
0: I think they do. They do add that in. I think like in the beginning. So like, I think there is a scene where Scarlet sort of apologizes. I think it's the scene where they, right before they steal that guy's car. Yeah. But so there's should- like, Sorry. Yeah. No. So I think like in their defense, they did think about that, but they were like, ah, OK, le- le- I think they wanted to like kind of get that over with so that they have like the more like uh, bantery relationship,
1: which is what I they think opted you're out probably for. right. I think yeah. you're probably right. But then there's no story for Natasha. That should yeah. be the story. It should be the, it, like it is the story. It's supposed to be the story of this family coming together, this fake family that was torn apart. The parents betrayed the children. The children betrayed each other. We should be watching this family come back together the same way the way the movie tells us the story is. Because the end of the movie is Natasha going, well, if I could put that family back together, I guess I could put my other one back together. But okay. we don't see the family come back together because they skipped the whole storyline of Natasha apologizing to... Uh, 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 I don't remember the, the Florence Pugh so characters. So
0: they have Yelena, bad Malena? Names.
1: There's so Melena. and y- Yelena.
0: So one of them is Yelena. I think that's uh, Rachel Vice, and Melina is Florence Pugh. And it's it's unnecessarily Confusing. similar.
1: Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. So Melina, we are we have like it should be the story, and we can still have banter. I mean. All the best like buddy cop movies start with the characters hating each other and then gradually find like come back together like i and then i so the other thing i I hated was this speaking of uh, mission impossible uh, copies uh, we' talked about that in f nine wow, a lot of comparisons um, <laughs> this movie we the the Marvel Universe now has the mission impossible fake face mask that you can rip off and you can just become another person.
0: I and liked it. <laughs> this is all in the
1: service of the stupidest twist. You can defend it in a minute. In my opinion, <laughs> this is the dumbest twist in the world for a number of reasons. It adds literally nothing. The twist is they go to see Rachel Weiss's character... We think Rachel Weisz's character betrays them, but then it turns out she and uh, Scarlett Johansson just switch, put put masks on of each other so that Scarlett Johansson can get close to Ray Winstone and kill him. It adds nothing. The twist is not interesting. And then they have to spend for the next 30 minutes continuously cutting back to have flashback scenes where the characters explain, hey, you want to do a twist? Sure. How would that work? Well, I think that I'll do this. This is not exciting storytelling. Bad. Don't like. Um, (laughs) So they have to do that. But then more importantly, why this sucks. Again, if this movie is supposed to be about this family coming back together. We do not get to see the scene where the Rachel Vice character chooses to help out her adopted daughters because they skip it because of a dumb twist to pretend that Rachel Vice's character is evil. I I instead what I, my pitch would be have Rachel Vice's character So you do have Florence Pugh really hate Scarlett Johansson. She has to work with her because she's an Avenger, but she hates her the same way it starts being, but then instantly gets rid of, but have her working with Rachel Weisz's character, who it reveals created the brain control potion or whatever that, uh, that Ray Winston has been using to brainwash and torture children, thousands (laughs) of children around the world, little girls, um, she has been actively helping him do that and is still helping that. That's terrible. We never see the moment where she goes, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I guess I changed my <laughs> mind. Uh, go back to F9. As bad as, as uh, uh, John Cena. Like, I guess I won't take over the world. Ah, all's forgiven, John Cena. But, um, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, we never we never see that. Instead, it should have been like, they show up. Rachel, like in the beginning part where uh, Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson are fighting, you have Rachel Weis's character walk out and go, girl, stop fighting. You know, do, do it as a whole little joke that she's being a mom again. And then you have Scarlett Johansson not trust her and do it more like the shitty parent returning when their child's an adult trying to make amends. Like do it mm. that way. You That draws those characters together. So Scarlett Johansson doesn't trust Rachel Weiss. Florence Pugh doesn't trust um, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and then, and then just show us the characters coming together. We never see the scene of the whole thing with um, what's his name from Stranger Things. What's the actor's name? We've said it multiple times. David Harbour. David (laughs) Harbour. David Harbour. It's made clear during the opening prologue that he does not care about his children at all. We get a funny scene where he he's proud of how many people they've killed. Very funny scene. (laughs) <laughs> but we never see the moment where he like, he chooses, he chooses their self interest over his. We never see the, we see scenes where he tries to do a speech apologizing to them, but we never see the moment where he's making a choice that he actually, to show that he actually does care them. We don't care about them. We don't see it about Rachel Vice either. And that's what I want for the story that this beginning of this movie promises. And that's why that's why the twist really doesn't work for me. Because it skips a scene that I think is necessary to tell the story. I've just rambled for a very long time. I'm sorry. Why did the twist work (laughs) for you?
0: I I mean, the twist I thought was fine. I don't need that scene because I feel like I know how it's going to go. I didn't like about the twist the fact that they did keep like flashing back (laughs) because I was like we got it we know it like she takes off the mask we understand that they coordinated it like there's there's no other reason for them to have done that so like yeah it kind of like it felt like it really stopped the flow of the movie. Like, any time they, like, did one of those things to, like, fill back a thing that we didn't really need. Because I was like, we know it. We know it. We've seen these movies. We know. Like, that. you want us to get there? We're already there. It's fine. Like, uh so... And I like the Mission Impossible masks. I think they're cool. And I like I them the way- in Mission
1: I like them in Mission Impossible. No,
0: I think they also like designed them pretty well. Like it's sort of like when it, you take it off, it has like this like cool effect that they did. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I, I think
1: their version is like a digital hologram. It's not yeah, it's not it, latex.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh but yeah I don't know. I I also thought like the ending was pretty like the whole like action sequence was really good. I thought it was like one of the better sort of Marvel final action sequences you're talking uh,
1: about on the space fortress because everyone in the yeah, universe yeah. has a space fortress the,
0: the red room yeah yeah of course <laughs> um yeah the thing that no one notices is floating above them i guess i don't know where it is i guess maybe like somewhere in russia probably their,
1: their explanation of how he's avoided shield is that they could, shield could never find him because he has a floating fortress you know who else has a floating fortress shield that's literally yeah. their whole thing i think they probably know how those things are tracked But whatever. Not important. Yeah. What what about that action? You're talking about the whole, when it's all crashing down and they're all, like, jumping around. Yeah, I thought it was
0: very cool. Like, they played around with gravity in interesting ways. Like, there's some, like, uh, a little bit homages to Inception, a little bit with, like, running around the tunnel and stuff. I don't know. I just thought it really worked. And it was very dynamic and interesting. And... uh, pretty cool, and I was able to follow along, which is a thing that I really hate in action movies, where you're like, who is where? What is happening? Uh, So yeah, I don't know. It was like, I don't necessarily have anything insightful to say about it. It just that I thought it worked really well.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. I've seen a few people criticize the movie because, like, you know, the whole thing is that um, uh, Natasha is the human of the Avengers, so they would have liked this to be smaller scale, and for her to not constantly have having things happen to her that a human being could not survive. Um and I do I do get that criticism. Yes, I would have preferred this to be a smaller scale uh spy movie, but whatever. It just wasn't that they, they never tried to do that. It's fine. But yeah. um but, I
0: think it's also sadly like this movie the release of it is kind of like a victim maybe perhaps of that like you know, CEO of Marvel or whoever, but it just like the fact that it fits in that space between two movies that we saw five years ago or however Mm. long, it just makes it feel, like, not relevant anymore. Like, it just... I That's why Mm. I'm, like, just do a standalone thing that doesn't... I know that they need to introduce Florence Pugh for, you know, Young Avengers or whatever it's called, but it's just, like, as a movie in service of this character, I feel like they could have done a different setting with the exact same characters and have it be more interesting.
1: Yeah. I yeah, mean, so they, they knew, knew this, of the bummer. They knew this was coming. Like they could have done a thing like, um, in the previous movie, which I guess would have been Spider-Man. I think the way you would have done this would be, uh, similar to how Captain Marvel was introduced. You have at the end characters in the present day need Captain Marvel's help. Oh, now let's go back in time and meet who this Captain Marvel character is. I I didn't we neither of us liked that movie, but that that worked much better. It felt like a natural way to do the story like this plot could have been anything if in the previous Spider-Man movie, you know, there was some MacGuffin object they found and they're like, what's this technology? Oh, it was uh, invented by the Soviets in 1990. (laughs) You know, then then you're you're right. It would have been it would have been better. But but
0: it's also like the Captain Marvel thing. It was still like the Avenger movie that where they needed her help was coming up. So there was like still like more tension than it is here, especially because we know that she's going to die. And like, I don't know that also like, okay, let's talk briefly about the after credit sequence because I'm not sure I entirely understand it. So like. Uh, the after credits thing is like Florence Pugh, who, by the way, is Yelena. Molina is the other one. Anyway, so <laughs> Yelena. A- Sorry, her- anyone who
1: is screaming at your uh, yeah. at your headphones. Can you scream at your own headphones? Whatever. I mean, you could.
0: <laughs> uh, but her name also, by the way, her last name is Belova, which means white. So that that's like the
1: the new black widow's last name is literally white. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like a white, but like there's like a conjugation because, like, for Russians, they gender things. But yeah, it's like white. Yeah.
1: Is she like uh, lady white?
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, well, yeah, it's like if you were to give an adjective to a woman, you would add a different conjugation as then, like, so if you describe a woman as white, you would say belava or belaya. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, anyway so
1: yeah why well, i actually don't know if florence pugh's character is a comic character for all i know she's going to be called white widow so
0: so yeah i mean that makes perfect sense she also wears white throughout the whole movie so mm-hmm. uh but yeah uh so she's uh grieving or she's visiting uh, natasha's grave And in comes Julia (laughs) Louis-Dreyfus. I assume not from the show Veep, but from, like, uh, some of the Marvel stuff that I have not been watching. And she's like, you want to know who really killed your sister? And then she shows her a picture of Hawkeye. And so I had two questions about that. First off, like, so is the thing that, like, everyone thinks that he had to kill her or something for... Because, like, she did sacrifice herself, and I thought that was, like, not a controversial thing within the universe. And second off, what has happened with Hawkeye? Why is he being scapegoated like that? It seems like he's being targeted to be murdered by this lady. <laughs> Why are um- they doing that to him? <laughs>
1: You want the in-universe answer or the Disney master plan uh, well, answer? Well, I just...
0: What happened with Hawkeye? I mean, if Jeremy Renner wants to stop playing Hawkeye, that's fine. But, no, like, we, I... No, what are they saying within, like... Why we, Why are they saying that Hawkeye did it to her? Uh,
1: uh, wh- that we don't know. The, the okay. answer is that in the long... In the future of this franchise... Basically what they're doing is Julia Louise Dreyfus is an evil version of Samuel L Jackson from the first few movies and she oh. is putting together an evil Avengers at the same time that they are also introducing all the characters who will be the young Avengers. Um, and it looks like Florence Pugh will start as an evil Avenger and will eventually, she is on a, now a collision course with a, so Hawkeye's about to have a Disney Plus show. So that's what they were teasing. (laughs) Um, the Disney Plus show is going to be the Clint Barton character training the Kate Bishop character, Kate or Katie. I don't know. I'm not. I've read a few of the Hawkeye comics, but Who's not many. Who's
0: Kate Bishop? That name that, sounds very familiar.
1: Um, I, I think we know a Kate Bishop in real life, but that's not... Uh, Kate, oh, this maybe is, that's one? Yeah. Um, But this is uh, uh, a character that's going to be played by Hailey, uh, Hailey Sta- Steinfield Steinfeld
0: in, in oh. the Hawkeye
1: TV show. She's going to eventually be one of the Young Avengers. She's going to take over as the new Hawkeye, which is what she did in the comics as well. So my guess is... Florence Pugh will come in that TV show, probably very likely kill off uh, Jeremy Renner. Maybe, maybe not. Depends what tone they're going for. But either way, she will be at uh, either on in that show. She will be brought back to the light or there will be a personal grudge between she and Haley Steinfeld in future movies because maybe Mm. she'll kill Hawkeye or she'll attempt to kill him or whatever. Um, we do not know why Julie, Julia Louise Dreyfus wants to kill Hawkeye. Oh, presumably it's just because these evil Avengers want to get rid of all the all the remaining good Avengers because so that they can take over.
0: Okay, cool.
1: I believe they're they're creating a team that's uh, in the comics was called the Thunderbolts. Uh, which was led <laughs> by um... <The> Thunderbolts. <laughs> well, cause it was led by Thunderbolt Ross, which is the character played by William Hurt. Nice. So I think that's also why they brought him back in this movie. Cause I think he is working with Julia Louise Dreyfus and that, and that will, That's where the storyline is going. So basically, I think where we're going is there will be a fight between the young Avengers and the evil Avengers for who gets to use the Avengers name and who are the official Avengers.
0: Oh, wow. So it's a copyright dispute. Great.
1: It is. Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) if you work at Disney, that's all you think about all the time. So it makes sense that that is what they're, you know, you write what you know.
0: Exactly. I mean, they're very good about content disputes. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they will agree to some sort of a production deal where one of them has the name, but the other one does all the world saving like they did with uh, Spider-Man and Sony.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, I think phase six of the Marvel Universe will just be about them extending uh, how long it takes for characters to enter public domain. And, like, you know, the Red Skull will be like, I think characters should be free to the public! And Captain America will be like, You bastard! Only corporations should control characters! It'll be fun.
0: I mean, it already sounds amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so so clearly we agree on what works and what doesn't work. I think just all in all, what doesn't work... Was more of a detriment for me than it was for you. I, I yeah. genuinely, I'm like, it's not that I loved the character of Black Widow. She didn't do that much in these movies. It's just that I would have liked to have seen a better, for her only movie, presumably, I would have liked to have seen a better character for that story. And I just didn't get that. The same way, um, like, I know a lot of people love WandaVision. I thought that was a fairly hollow, like hollow look at grief. I think a lot of these movies introduce a story. Then at the end, they go, that's the end of that story. We sure (laughs) explored that facet of that character. And I just don't think they do. I do Mm -hmm. not think Natasha learned that any family can be put back together or whatever bullshit she says to the weird guy who gets her airplanes.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I think I agree. I just like I think the other stuff outweighed the or like the good stuff to me definitely outweighed the negatives. And I I really like the Black Widow character. I think Mm -hmm. that's also like the case. So maybe I was grading it on a higher curve than you were. But
1: I I also wonder if I had if I hadn't liked the prologue as much as I did, if I would have if the rest of it. It might not have been as disappointing to me. I just like, mm. um, and it's it's weird because I feel like this movie is getting a pretty like eh response from people. Like everyone's like, it's not the worst Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> like it's fine. We I saw it in a the theater. It was fun. Um, uh, which I think is a fair response. Uh, uh, but I I just really really enjoyed that opening prologue, and it, I was like I that that prologue ended, and I'm like. I'm down to see this movie. Then they did the opening credits that are all about human sex trafficking without saying that it's sex trafficking, but that's certainly what it looks like. And I was like, wow, okay, movie. If that's what you want to be about, sure. And then they're like, can we fucking stop with the brainwashing storylines? Brainwashing (laughs) is not interesting. It's not interesting when a character goes, oh no, I did something bad when I literally had no choice and it wasn't my own decision. I feel bad about that. Why? <laughs> Why? If if brainwashing, if someone came in here and hypnotized me right now and made me go murder a senator, I wouldn't be like, oh no, I murdered the senator. I'd be like, geez, that fucking hypnotizing guy made me murder someone, that sucks. That yeah. guy sucks, not me, because I literally had no choice.
0: Well, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's... <laughs> Do you not oh, have a
1: strong opinion about brainwashing storylines?
0: I, I guess not. I feel like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's like an easy crutch for writers to use when they're like, well, there's a character the audience clearly likes, so let's like make them brainwashed. And then they can turn good, and it's okay. It's okay to like that character. I feel yeah. like when that happens, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't like that as a crutch. But if that doesn't happen, I'm, I guess I'm kind of fine with <laughs> brainwashing lines.
1: Yeah, I mean, Fa- Falcon and Winter Soldier was heavily like Winter Soldier. Still like, oh, I can't believe I assassinated Oof, yeah, all I those did not people. Like, dude, that. <laughs> get the fuck over it. It wasn't you. Who cares? Um, That
0: character is so boring. I can't even.
1: I was at a a party last night and Marvel movies came up and uh, uh, people kept, people again got angry at me because I do not like uh, either the movie or the character Winter Soldier. I'm sorry. He's just boring. I thought he was, it's not not even the performance. I just don't like the character. He was better in his own TV show. But okay. Great. (laughs) We we've gone off on a, off on a tangent. Uh, let's give this movie a grade. You ready?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Three. Two. One. <laughs> C
0: minus.
1: There we go. There we go. All the right. classic one-off.
0: The classic one-off.
1: All uh, right. Great, great. Um, since we did two movies, uh, today entirely for that reason and not because um, I have. Uh, another meeting that's coming up in a few minutes. We're not going to do other movies we've seen recently. We'll talk about that in our next episode. Um. Sure,
0: sure, sure.
1: (laughs) Was that that believable?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. Everyone needed to know why. But here are options for next week. And they are Endless Love from 1981. Mm. It gets better, John, don't worry. Uh, Terminator Look, Two all, all Judgment Day. as long Day. as we're not
1: what? What's the the big movie coming out of the theaters this weekend?
0: Oh, I know there's I thought some. We we're doing a retro movie. No, that's okay. what I'm
1: saying. I, I I'm fine with the retro movie. Oh yeah, as long as we're not doing Space Jam: A New Legacy, we could do whatever old movie you want.
0: <laughs> uh, well, so we can do Terminator Two Judgment Day. Oh, <laughs>
1: done. <laughs> done, done. <laughs> we're doing Terminator <laughs> Two.
0: Or. We can do Jurassic Park 3. Oh. Or we can do Captain America of the first Avenger. The Avenger movies are now old movies.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's an Damn. exciting
0: time. Something um, to look forward to, dear listener.
1: That is uh the first Avenger that is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um but I rewatched that at uh during the pandemic at a drive-in movie theater. So I saw it recently. Exciting. Also, Terminator 2 is one of the best movie Terminator. Yeah, Terminator 2 is one of the best movies of all time and I haven't seen it recently. I guess it it might be more interesting to discuss Jurassic Park 3, a movie I haven't seen a billion times, but I don't know about you, Veronica. Your sound effects might have hinted at your 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 preference.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love Terminator too. So I'd be happy to do that.
1: Bye. Bye.